Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Swan, and today's episode is a unique one. I was recently asked to speak at a retreat in Denver, Colorado for Clear Stem Skincare. And I was so flattered that they asked me to come and speak. It was such a fun retreat. It was a two day retreat in Colorado. And I spoke all about how to navigate the grocery store, what all the different labels mean, what you want to look for on labels, what to avoid, what brands I like. I also just gave my my little hacks and tips and tricks as far as how to really decipher what you should put in your cart versus what you should put back on the shelf. I loved this conversation. It was so much fun for me to be a part of this retreat and they recorded it and sent me the recording and I was like, why don't we release it on the podcast so you guys can hear it? So I really hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, if you're loving the podcast, if you could take a moment to rate and review it, it would mean so much to me. It doesn't take long at all, and it really helps the show. I appreciate all of your support. Love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Do you drink filtered water? Hopefully you do, and hopefully by now you know that tap water is loaded with all sorts of pharmaceutical drugs, pesticides, heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, etc. But what I'm here to talk to you about today is if you are filtering your water, you've got to make sure that you're replenishing the electrolytes and the minerals back in your water. One of the ways that I love to do this is with Element. It's spelled L-M-N-T. And by looking at the package, you may initially feel a little bit of a shock with the amount of sodium in there. But if you go back and listen to my episode with Dr. James Denick, who wrote a book called The Salt Fix, he talks all about how we, for the most part, are actually not getting enough salt. We forget that sodium is an imperative part of our fluid and electrolyte balance. We actually need sodium. It's imperative to have it in certain levels. And the majority of Americans are getting most of their salt from processed packaged foods and fast foods and from eating out. So if you are not eating out a lot, which hopefully you're not, but that's a discussion for another day, most likely you're probably actually not getting enough salt. So this is one thing that I love about Element is it has a really high sodium level and then it also has potassium and magnesium in there. So it's replenishing your electrolytes. Also, I love the saltiness of it. There's a couple different flavors that I love the most. The grapefruit is hands down my favorite. I also really love the raspberry and the watermelon. And if you're concerned about the natural flavors, they also just have a raw unflavored as well that has no flavors in it. It just has the sodium, potassium, and magnesium in there. Element gave me a deal to share with you guys, which I love them so much for this. If you guys go to drinkelement.com slash realfoodology, that's D-R-I-N-K, lmnt.com slash realfoodology. You're going to get a free sample pack after you make a purchase. So you get one packet of every flavor so you can try all the different flavors and then see which one you like the best. So again, that is drinkelement.com slash realfoodology. Element is spelled L-M-N-T. Sleep is absolutely imperative to our overall health. It controls hunger and weight loss hormones. It boosts energy levels. It's also the key to our body's rejuvenation and repair process, and it impacts countless other vital functions. So a good night's sleep will improve your well-being more than anything else. I would say 
for my health journey, sleep has really been my main focus the last couple of years more than anything else. And one of the ways that I started doing that was taking magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers. It contains all seven forms of magnesium. A lot of people are deficient in magnesium and magnesium really helps to calm down the nervous system, get your body ready for bed. I recently had the founder of Bioptimizers on my podcast actually, and we did an entire sleep hygiene episode. So if you want to go back and listen to that, we talk very extensively into why sleep is so important, how to get better sleep, what supplements really help. And one of the things that we talked about was magnesium breakthrough. And I can tell you guys, I've been taking this for about a year now. I travel with it and it helps so much. I wear an aura ring at night to track my sleep and I've seen my REM and my deep sleep go up. So this magnesium breakthrough is a total game changer. If you guys want to get Bioptimizer's magnesium breakthrough today, make sure that you go to magbreakthrough.com slash realfoodology. That's M-A-G breakthrough.com slash realfoodology and enter code realfoodology and you're going to get 10% off. Courtney Swan is an integrative nutritionist and a true advocate for real and nourishing foods. With a master's in nutrition and integrative health, Courtney is on a mission to revolutionize the way we eat. Through her Instagram account, Real Foodology, she said sheds light on the power of real food and exposes the secrets of the food industry. She aims to educate on the dirty practices and how to eat healthy with real food. She doesn't believe in diets and promote promotes a real food approach to eating. In this session, we're going to feel empowered to read labels, navigate the grocery store, and make more informed informed decisions about the food we consume. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you so much for that intro. That's so sweet. So we're going to go over one of my favorite conversations today, which is really just learning how to navigate the grocery store and really understanding like what Kaylee just said is how the food industry really tries to trick us um, into believing that their food-like products are healthy for us and really just how to empower you to to know how to make the right decisions for your health when you're in the grocery store because it's incredibly confusing. We've made it so difficult in this country to eat healthy. And I believe to a certain extent it's for a reason because a lot of these corporations just, they, they care more about their bottom line. They care more about profit than the health of the people, unfortunately, which can sound really doom and gloom, but I always tell people I take that information and I find it incredibly empowering because what Keisha was just saying earlier, instead of going into this victim mindset, you can say like, okay, now that I know this, I'm empowered by the decisions that I'm making and I can educate myself in the companies that are truly making products and foods with my health in mind and I can give them my money and feel good about it. And I'm also supporting the brands that actually are doing right by our health. So I find it incredibly empowering. So let's see, we're gonna go. I like to start out with what my guideline is as far as like shopping the grocery store. A couple of them I'm sure you've probably heard before because they're really basic things like never shop hungry. I'm sure you've heard this all the time, (laughs) but your blood sugar is dropping. The first thing you're going to reach for is that bag of cookies or the really fast energy, the high sugar, whatever it is. So you want to make sure that you're full so that you're, you're actually thinking straight and you're not just like, oh, like want all the cookies and all the sugar. Another one is shop the perimeter. Again, you've probably heard this, but it's really important to reiterate because you think about the perimeter, perimeter is where all the real food is, the meat, the dairy, the eggs, the produce. When you start getting into the middle of the aisles is when you start finding all the the packaged foods. And I'll go more into this in a second about the packaged foods, like how to read a label. I'm also a realist in the sense that 
I'm not saying that you're never gonna eat anything in a package. I just don't think that that's real for the modern times that we live in. We have packaged foods for a convenience. It's about finding the products that are healthier for you, that are still made with real food ingredients, that are closer to their natural state versus the products that have all the artificial dyes and the preservatives and all that. Another thing that I like to talk to people a little bit about is there needs to be a reframe in the way that we're spending our money because I want to be conscious. I know, especially right now with inflation, grocery costs are going up like crazy. And it, it is, it can be very expensive to eat healthy, but it doesn't have to be. It's all about a reframe. First and foremost, I know with like TikTok and Instagram, we see all these trends of people like, oh, this is the newest collagen powder and this is the protein that you need and all this stuff. It's about getting back to the real basics. And if you're really on a budget, you don't need all that stuff. It's great if you want it, fine. If you have the budget for it, amazing. But let's just focus on the basics of the real food. We wanna be consuming less things in packages and more foods in their whole real state. And that's the first and foremost, most important thing. And then also not to mention, if you really are on a budget, it's so much more cost effective to buy all your groceries at home even if you're buying organic. It is so much cheaper if you were to go and spend like $150, $200 on all organic produce for the week versus post-mating something two nights in a row and you've basically already spent $150. So it's about a reframe and also understanding that you're investing in your health first. And when you're investing in your health, you're gonna think clearer, you're gonna look better, you're gonna feel better, you're gonna show up better for your job, you'll probably make more money as a result. So reframing that, that you're really putting this money into your, you're investing this money into yourself first. And also, you're paying more at the cash register, but you'll be paying way less later in doctor bills, pharmaceutical drugs, surgeries, all of that. So it's thinking about the long-term effects of it. So what is real food? I would say if it was once alive, it's considered to be real food. So anything like a plant, an animal, that would be considered something in their whole real natural state and it was once alive. When buying packaged foods, this is my favorite rule and I'll show you guys an example. Actually, I'll just show you this right now. When you look at an ingredient label, first and foremost, number one red flag, if it is really long, chances are it's probably not gonna be good for you. There's obviously always anomalies in the case, but generally speaking, this is a pretty safe rule to go by. But what I always like to say is if you're reading an ingredient label and you could technically buy all of these ingredients at home and or at the grocery store and make it at home, I'm not saying you have to, but if you could, then it's fair game. But you look at this Twinkies, for example, and you're looking at this going, okay, where in the grocery store am I gonna find mono and diglycerides? Like where, where does that exist on the shelf? You're not gonna find it. So this is an easy way to go, okay, this is not real food and this is not gonna provide nutrients for my body versus the Hue crackers, which are like one of my favorites. You look at that, every single ingredient on there, you're like, oh, I know what that is. I know what a flax seed is. I know what organic rosemary is. And I could buy all that in the grocery store and make it at home. So that's one of my favorite rules. And it's a really easy way to help you decipher what is a better packaged food for you versus something that's not gonna be as good for you. Another thing that I really like to reiterate, I think there's this misconception that eating healthy means that you're just gonna be eating bland chicken with no spices and broccoli. Like we've all seen the like bodybuilders where they just do the meal prep and you're like, oh, that's like my literal worst nightmare. <laughs> like I could never eat like that. It doesn't mean that you have to give up your favorite foods. One of my favorite things is recreating foods that I loved from childhood and buying good whole real food ingredients and making them. I did a, a segment on my podcast for a while called Organic for Everyone. And my producer and I were going to fast food restaurants. We were buying the really popular things. Like one of the ones we did was a cheesy gordita crunch, which was my favorite in college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so good. good. After the Burnett's podcast. 
But exactly, like fourth meal at 3 a.m. I'm not proud of it, but like so love good. those. They were so good. So I figured out a way to make it with healthier ingredients. And what we did is we wanted to to break down the cost and show people that fast food, even though it's marketed it to us, like, yes, it is convenient. I will give them that, but it's marketed to us. It's a cheaper option. So we went and we bought cheesy gordita crunches, a meal of four, and then we bought all the ingredients that you could make like eight cheesy gordita crunches from. Everything was organic. We bought it from a super accessible grocery store. We weren't like going to Air One. It was like a <laughs> Ralph's or something. And it was cheaper to buy all the ingredients, every single ingredient was organic. And it was cheaper than to go through the drive-through to get Taco Bell cheesy gordita crunches. Even we were blown away by it. There were a couple of them where we were like, oh, this is, we're not gonna be able to make this happen. Every single time, we did McDonald's, we did Taco Bell, and it was always cheaper to buy it from, from scratch and make it at home. So it's really about like finding ingredient, like healthier ingredients, and then creating your favorite foods. It doesn't mean that you can never have pizza. Just buy the healthier ingredients and make it at home or find a, a restaurant that uses really good sourced flour and organic marinara sauce. Maybe they use grass-fed meats. Like there's more restaurants that are doing this now. So it doesn't mean that you have to give up your burgers or whatever it is that you love. And then another, oh, <laughs> taking a little we'll difficulty. There we go. <laughs> I'll go more into this later just because I can show you guys photos down the line. But another big way that these companies deceive us is a thing called greenwashing. And you'll notice that on the front of a package, they'll generally depict a, a photo of chickens grazing in the in pastures or cows or whatever it is. And it looks like this really beautiful farmscape. And then you look on the back and you look at the ingredients and it's like pea protein, canola oil, and all these preservatives. And I like to remind people that on the front of the package, that is just an advertisement for the product. You always, always, always want to turn around and read the actual ingredient label because that's what's actually going to tell you what's happening. The front of the package is just going to say like no added sugar and we're natural and clean and all this stuff. And none of those terms are regulated. The only term that's actually regulated is USDA organic. Otherwise, a company can literally say whatever they want. They can say it's low fat, it's sugar free, no artificial colors and flavorings or whatever it is. And then you read the back and you're like, they're totally lying or they're like stretching the truth. My favorite, I did a video about this recently. A lot more people are on the, the seed oil thing now. Like we're being more conscious of that. And mayo is made with canola oil. So I'm seeing companies now where they write avocado mayo on the front and then, or sorry, olive oil is the one I saw. It was Kraft. It, was, it said olive oil mayo. And you turn it around and the second ingredient is olive oil and then it's canola oil and I think soybean oil. And it's like, this is crazy. So yeah, technically it has olive oil in there, but they also add the other oils in there that you're trying to avoid. So it's so important that you read the ingredients and actually see what's happening. Quick raise of hands. How many people have felt so disheartened by you're going through the grocery store and you think you're buying all these healthy things and then you see on a podcast or see on Instagram that it's like one of the worst things for you and then you actually look at the ingredients and you're like, what? You're like, and you turn around the front and you're like, but this looks so healthy. We were talking about this yesterday, but we love playing detective. Again, it's all about taking the power back and not putting the power in these companies to try and trick us and market towards certain people that we get to play detective of like going through the grocery store being like, hmm, what companies are trying to trick me and like see what looks healthy, then flip it around and actually read the ingredients. It's like, are they being true to what they say? Are they trying to put olive oil on the front when they just want to market that, but really they're cutting it with canola oil. And so again, informed consent, just taking that power back of just being educated about what you're putting in your cart, no matter what decision you end up deciding, but it's a decision that you want to make, not the one that you feel tricked to make. 
Yes, yes. And that's such a good point. And that's what, just to, to piggyback on that a little bit, a lot of the conversation that I like to have is I just want people to understand that this is happening so that they are making conscious decisions for their health. Health, Because there are so many people in this country that are trying, I think the majority of us, we're, we are actively trying to make good healthy decisions for ourselves, for our family, and we're being tricked and we think that we're making good decisions and we may not always be making those good decisions because we are being misled. And so that's where I really like to inform people, but then also remind you that no one's ever gonna be perfect. I go out to dinner with my friends and I eat the chips that I'm sure are fried in the canola oil, but it's because I know that the majority of the time, the foods that I am bringing into my home, and that's where you can really control it, are clean. I buy organic whenever possible. I buy the brands that I know and trust that use the real food ingredients. That way, when I am out, I'm not stressing about it and freaking out because stress is also really bad for your health as well. And you also want to be able to enjoy your life. Life is really short. You want to have fun with your friends. It's healthy to go out and have fun with your friends. You need to find that balance. And if you are majority making these really good decisions for yourself, your body is resilient and it can handle a certain amount. It's just we're at the point where we're being infiltrated by so many things from so many different areas that so many people are also unaware of. And so if we can cut down those things that we're being exposed to, then we can live our lives and not have to worry about it so much. Oh man, I keep losing this. I know, I'm gonna put it just comes back on. I think it's just gonna come back. Yay, okay, we got it. <laughs> it just likes taking a nap. <laughs> okay, so, I also like to break down ingredient labels because once again, this is where we can be a little bit misled. On the left here, this is what cage-free actually means. So you think about, you read the label and you think, oh my God, cage-free, that sounds like amazing. They're not in cages. So they're not in cages, but they're stuffed so intensely in these warehouses. The majority of them get really sick. They're often put on antibiotics um, prophylactically, meaning just to be preventative because they are in such unhealthy environments. They're not seeing the, they're not seeing sunlight, so they're not getting exposed to vitamin D as nature intended. Versus on the right here, pasteurase is really what you wanna look for because what that means is these hens are foraging throughout the day. They're eating bugs as nature intended. They're getting vitamin D from the sun. So that's gonna in turn create a healthier chicken for you and healthier eggs as well. And then another one I like to talk about is free range. So free range is very tricky as well because often the warehouses look like that, but by the USDA regulations, there's not a minimum space requirement for the outdoor space. So it just means that they have to have a door, but often these warehouses are about that big and they have a door about that little. And you imagine that the majority of these hens never even know that that door exists and there's not even enough room for all of them to go outside. So the majority of them do not actually end up outside anyways. And this is another way that we are tricked with labeling. And this is, you can go, I literally pulled this from the USDA website. So this is the regulations <laughs> for the free range eggs, which is crazy. You got that from the USDA website. Yes. Yikes. <laughs> it's Yikes. nuts. Yeah, at least they're being honest. Yeah. I know, but it's crazy. And so, and again, this would be considered a form of, mm -hmm. of greenwashing because you think, oh, free range, they're free and arranged. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. This is what you want to look for, pasture-raised. Thank God there's more and more companies that are doing this. I've seen pasture-raised organic eggs a huge like 18 pack at Costco for like $10. Yeah. So it's becoming more accessible and I've been seeing it in more places. I think I've even seen it at Trader Joe's. I believe I've seen pasture raised at Target. So it's becoming more accessible, thankfully. 
But again, this goes back to putting your money and your health into the companies that are actually doing right, not only by us, but by the animals too. Because you think about this is how nature intended them to live. And so they're going to be a healthier, happier hen. In the beginning, when I, I just want to pause for a second. In the beginning, yeah, yeah. when I started making all these uh, tiny little shifts years ago, I used to have a note section in my phone to remind myself. Because at first, like, I couldn't, I was like, wait, was it cage-free or pasture-age? I, like, kept confusing myself. So I made a note section in my phone for a grocery list when I go to the grocery store. Be sticking to real foods. It was very similar order every single week. But now what I'm so excited about is there's so many companies that have more accessible, both pasture-raised, and then we're going to about to dive into grass-fed in a second, but Wild Pastures is a great brand and it ships anywhere in the U.S. They pack it on dry ice and ship it out to you. Force of Nature is a really great one. You can get that shipped to you. And I literally, I almost freaked out when California had the hurricane and it was like we could lose power because I have my whole freezer is like, all Stop. frozen meat. <laughs> I was like, text my boyfriend, I'm like, go get ice. That meat cannot go bad. But I, I'll wait because force of nature every once in a while I'll have like 20% discounts and I will just purchase so much meat and keep it in my freezer so it's always there. Because it thaws out in like two hours. I like thawed out around lunch and it's it's ready for dinner. Thrive Market's also a really good one for not only the brands we're going to continue to talk about in this presentation, but also they've added wild caught fish, free range, grass fed, all the things. So there's a lot of brands that are fine Finally, making things accessible to the whole U.S. because they'll just ship things on dry ice to everyone, and you can get discounts. You can get affiliate codes. I know Court- Courtney has a lot. We're gonna send out to all of you an email recap of everyone who's presented in different ways to access them and everything they've talked about. So any of the links that Courtney has awesome codes for, we'll get that sent out to everyone so you can just, you have your whole new grocery list after this. But the accessibility, I feel like, is key and so happy about all the brands that are making it easier for everyone. And to buy in bulk. That's my favorite. I know. But yeah, that's a good point. Thrive Market is great. Also, Costco, I don't know if people know this, but Costco is one of the largest, I think it might be the largest grocery store with the most amount of organic food. They have a ton of organic food. You can um, Instacart Costco now where you don't even have to be a member yeah. or deal with the overwhelm of going in. Because sometimes amazing. I like mentally, I know, I'm really like, I can't do Costco today. <laughs> so you can well, Instacart from Costco. <laughs> also for me and my boyfriend, it's like a lot of food at yeah. once. But if you yeah. have like a bigger family or, yeah. Also this PDF, either you can ask me for it later. I'm happy to send it to you if you want to have it for notes. Or we can also just send yeah, it out. Yeah, we can mail it out to everyone. Yeah. Okay, so another one that I really love to talk about is, from a labeling standpoint, is factory farm versus, versus grass-fed. If it does not say grass-fed on there, you have to assume that it was factory farmed. And unfortunately, very similarly to what we just saw with the hens, this is what we call these CAFOs, concentrated animal feeding operations. And essentially, this is the difference. So on the left here, the factory farmed. First and foremost, I was vegetarian for five years simply because this was so heartbreaking to me when I first found out that this is how we we treat the majority of our cows in this country. It's absolutely heartbreaking. They're not meant to be living in pens like this. Also, we're feeding them things like grains, soy, and corn. It's often gen- genetically modified. Their stomachs were designed to digest grass. So you think about, they're already eating a diet that's not species appropriate, and so they're really sick. They're often also shot up with growth hormones because these companies want to fatten them up as quickly as possible because the longer they have them on these feedlots, the more that it costs them money. So they fatten them up really quickly so that they can send them off to be processed. So it's incredibly heartbreaking. And also you think about it from an absolute, from a uh, health standpoint, we're eating sick animals. Like that's, that's not great for us either. 
versus so organic. So there's a difference between there's organic labeling and then there's also grass-fed. And you can find just grass-fed. You can also find organic grass-fed or you can also just find organic. And this is where it gets a little bit tricky. If you can, I always tell people try to find the organic grass-fed as much as possible. If not, I would say the second best is just to go for the grass-fed because at least they're grazing in pastures, they're eating a more species-appropriate diet, they're happy, they're getting, again, vitamin D from the sunlight. But organic is, for beef, it's one of the most standardized and regulated labels. So when beef says the USDA organic seal, it means all of this. So they were fed a 100% organic feed and they forage. So if they're not grass-fed, they're still given corn and soy, the grains, unless if otherwise stated. Sometimes it'll state on the package but they're at least getting an organic feed, which is a little bit better. They have to be raised on certified organic land, which is really important because the non-organic land is being sprayed to high hell with pesticides and herbicides, which I'll go into as well. And then all of this. So there's more animal health and welfare standards. And again, this is going to be a healthier meat for us as well. Something that I didn't have a, a slide on actually, but I talked about this yesterday too, Another thing that I'm really, really passionate about, and I've done a bunch of podcast episodes that really dive deeper into this, but I want to give you a little look into it. Regenerative farming is something that's happening more and more. And actually, Kaylee just mentioned Force of Nature. I've personally been to their ranch in Texas. It's outside of Austin. And they got this, when they first bought this land, it was completely dead. All of the grasses were dead. There was like no life to be seen on the land for the most part. And they were able to bring back life to this land by doing regenerative farming practices. And basically what that means is we're working with nature instead of against nature. Right now, the way that we are doing our farming practices, the conventional practice is to spray really heavily with pesticides and herbicides. Not only is this very detrimental for our health, we're literally consuming these foods that are being sprayed with these toxic chemicals. It's also destroying the soil. And you have to think about our food is only as healthy for us as the soil is because our plants get all of the nutrients for our food from the soil. And if we're killing off the ecosystem of the soil by spraying it really heavily with pesticides, we're destroying the soil. Not to mention when you, when we practice more regenerative farming where we're actually working with nature, we're not killing everything off with all the pesticides and herbicides. An interaction happens where carbon is pulled out of the atmosphere and brought back into the soil because carbon is actually food for the soil. And what are we dealing with right now? There's massive amounts of carbon in the atmosphere. So that's what's so cool about regenerative farming is that it, it fixes all of the biggest issues that we're dealing with right now, which is an animal welfare issue, which I just talked about, the health of the people because we're not spraying everything aggressively with pesticides and herbicides, our food have more nutrients, minerals, and vitamins in them when the soil is healthier. And then not to mention, this practice is pulling carbon out of the atmosphere, which is exactly what we need to be doing right now. So I go way more into depth about this on my podcast if you guys want to go check out episodes if you're more interested in that. But this is, again, also why I'm very passionate about, I mentioned earlier that I was vegetarian for five years. This is just my story. Personally, I got very, very, very sick and by the end of it, I remember I was sobbing in my nutritionist's office when she was telling me, you have to eat meat. Like, you just have to. Like, you, I, I don't know what else to tell you. You've been doing this for five years, and how long are you going to keep doing this to yourself? 
And when I discovered grass-fed, pasture-raised, all of this, I felt better putting my money into products that at least I knew that the animals were being taken care of while they were here. And I had to really make my peace with that. But there's this big push right now for plant-based burgers and plant-based foods saying that they're better for the environment. This could not be further from the truth because all those plant-based burgers are being planted in these monocrop fields that are completely destroying our planet. So they're actually hindering our, our progress that we're trying to do as far as with regenerative farming. So I like to talk about that as well. Do you have a podcast episode on regenerative farming at all? I have like five of them now. Okay. I just had one come out like two weeks ago with Gabe Brown. If you guys are, if anyone's aware of him, he's a farmer that was on. There's a documentary called Kiss the Ground. It's really amazing it's on amazing. Netflix. Yeah. It's so good. If you want a really heartwarming feeling to see what these farmers are doing and how they're trying to truly regenerate our earth and bring back more nutrients into our food. It's truly incredible what these people are dedicating their lives to because regenerative farming is not a quick fix. Like it takes time because you have to bring in all the animals. You have to reshape some of the land so the rain can drain certain ways. I'm not the best person to explain it, but (laughs) listen to Courtney's episodes on this and I highly suggest you watch that doc. It's just it's such a good feeling. It's like, wow, these people are doing so good for the world. And just gives you, it gives you more faith in the food system that there are people out there that are really advocating and really trying to make a difference and bring nutrients and healthy food back into our diets. I know it is. It's really, it's heartwarming. And if you guys remember, there was a farmer on that documentary. His name's Gabe Brown. And he was the one that talked about for three years in a row, he lost 100% of his crops. And he was basically facing bankruptcy and he discovered regenerative farming and was able to fully bring back all of his crops and now he does everything from a regenerative standpoint and he talks a lot about it in documentaries podcasts anyway so he was recently on my on my podcast if you guys want to hear about his whole story because it's really really inspiring snacks let's talk about snacks everyone loves snacks and i feel like it's hard to find a good snack that actually fills you up and that you really crave and like to eat. I am obsessed with the grass-fed beef sticks from Paleo Valley. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably saw recently that I went, I literally went to this show downtown and my girlfriends were making fun of me because when I met up with them, I literally had a Paleo Valley beef stick sticking out of my pocket. My friend goes, are you packing meat in there? (laughs) I was. I always have a Paleo Valley stick with me either in my purse or I always shove a a bunch of them in my car and just leave them in there for emergencies, for snack emergencies. I'm always bringing them places on hikes, you name it. I always have them on me because they are just, they're such a great snack. It's a great source of protein. They taste really good. They come from 100% grass-fed beef and they're really high quality. It's only organic spices in there. You're not going to find any other fillers. And you know what I love so much? Their beef comes from 100% grass-fed cows raised entirely on natural grass pastures by family farmers right here in the U.S. And they also are committed to supporting regenerative farms, which is really important. If you guys are not into beef, if beef is not really your thing, they also have pasture-raised turkey sticks and they also have pasture-raised pork sticks. So they have a variety of different flavors and all different kinds of meats to serve your meat desires. And if you guys go to paleovalley.com slash realfoodology, you're going to save 20%. Make sure you go to paleovalley.com slash realfoodology. 
You're going to save some money. Also check out everything else they have on that website. They have superfood bars. They have organic super greens. They also have bone broth protein. They have grass-fed whey protein. They have essential electrolytes. They also have a superfood golden milk, which is going to be really good going into fall. So make sure you guys check it out. Use the code RealFoodology and you're going to save some money. Do you struggle with anxiety like I do? I have been pretty open about my journey and my struggles with anxiety throughout the years. And therapy is one of the things that has really helped me out a lot. EMDR therapy specifically has helped me through a lot of my traumas that I went through. But another thing that has really helped me throughout the years with my anxiety journey, if you will, is CBD. I really like Cured Nutrition's CBD. I love that you can go to their website and you can actually see their third-party testing that they do from their lab. So you can actually go to the website, see how much CBD is in all of their products, and they update it all the time. You can hear more about this in depth in my episode that I had with the founder of Cured Nutrition. And my favorite ones, I would say, I really like the CBN nightcaps. And then I also like the Zen CBD caps as well. They also have a calm oil, which is really great and a topical. So if you're dealing with any sort of injuries or maybe muscle soreness, they have a topical that you can put on. They also came out more recently with some serenity gummies, which is like low THC relaxation gummies, which are really great. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that my dog Turkey loves their CBD dog treats. He like freaks out every single time I open the pantry. He follows me in, he immediately goes for the bag and he starts begging for them. And they're great. They're really high quality ingredients, all organic, have really high quality CBD. My boyfriend just got a golden retriever puppy more recently, and we have been giving the dog treats to both of our dogs when we go for road trips. And it's been really helpful. And the dogs love them. They taste really great. So if you want to try any of the products that I talked about today or anything on the Cured Nutrition website, make sure that you go to curednutrition.com slash realfoodology. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com slash realfoodology. And you can also use code realfoodology and it's going to save you 20%. So I mentioned earlier about the pesticides. This is why I always tell people organic whenever possible. This is so incredibly important. We're seeing rising rates of cancer, autoimmune, thyroid issues, gut issues. And a lot of these are most likely connected to the chemicals that we're spraying on our food. Specifically, there's one glyphosate that I'm really concerned about. It's also known as Roundup. You probably have seen it in your parents' garage. Maybe you have it. But that one in particular is very concerning because it's getting sprayed on our food. I forgot what it's called when they desiccate the wheat and then they spray it on the wheat to dry it out and then they ship it out. So wheat particularly is really known for having really high levels of glyphosate. Oats are also really known for having high levels of glyphosate. So, but when you buy organic, you are certified that it's not being sprayed with glyphosate. It's also a really big concern because the World Health Organization was back in, I think this was like 2018, they were sounding the alarm saying that it's a probable human carcinogen, meaning that we pretty much know that it causes cancer. It also acts like an antibiotic, not only for the pesticides, or sorry, for the for the plants, but also in our guts. So that's meaning that it's killing off not only the bad bacteria, but also the good bacteria in our guts that we need for our immune systems, for digestion, for our mood, for everything. And so it's a really big concern. So if, if someone is on a budget, I always say, check out the Environmental Working Group has something called the Dirty Dozen. 
and they release this every year with updated results, basically showing the foods that you want to avoid most conventionally bought. So if you're really on a budget and you're super concerned about buying everything in organic, I would check out the EWG Dirty Dozen and they'll tell you the ones that have the most pesticide residue. And then there's the Clean 15 and these are the foods that are they're like, okay, if you really can't buy everything organic, these are safer to buy because they're gonna have less pesticide residue on it. And they re-release them every year based on the results that they've tested. So does anyone have any questions? Okay, cool. Okay, so top ingredients to look for on a label canola oil. And this, I would also say, goes under the umbrella of seed oils in general. Safflower, sunflower, cottonseed, vegetable oil is just basically canola oil, soybean oil, grapeseed, and rice bran. Wait, did I say so? Yeah, sunflower oil. One of the biggest reasons that these are so concerning is because they are in everything now. Everything. Like, I was, I was at the farmer's market on Sunday, and I was so upset that they were, the only milk they had was oat milk. There is rapeseed oil, which is also known as canola oil, in oat milk now. We're finding it in everything. We're finding it in soups. We're finding it in sauces. If you eat out, you are pretty much 100% guaranteed that your food is cooked in either canola or soybean. There was a recent study that came out that shows that soybean actually changes um, there certain things in our brain and also reduces oxytocin, which is the love hormone. So that's incredibly concerning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I wonder why we feel like, I know, it's really yeah. sad. And yeah, so we're being exposed to them on such high levels now that was, they've only been introduced into our food system in the last like probably 50 or 60 years. And you think about before that, I'll go into this more later, but since the existence of, of humanity, we've been using more like butter and tallow and olive oil. Another really important thing to note about the seed oils is that these are really hard to make without really intensive machinery. They go through a crazy processing, which is why we've only introduced them into our food system more recently, because our ancestors were not, they didn't have machines to like get all this oil out of a tiny little sunflower seed. So you have to think about like, they really have to go through a crazy processing. Whereas like olives, you just put a bunch of olives in a bucket and people can stand on them and press the oil out. So that's another way of thinking about like a more natural oil that we should be consuming. And just so you guys know, I'm gonna go over all the things that are good for you after this, like the cooking oils you wanna use. We're not and... just gonna drop all the awful things yeah. on you and then just like leave you hanging with that. Exactly. <laughs> also, this is a really great list, another like back to the notes section of your phone. What Something I love about Courtney is again, back to the balance, back to the realness of everything, just informed consent about the foods that we're eating and just making the best decisions with what we have at the time. I think it's important to note to not get too caught up in this, not get too caught up in the stress of this and just be like, oh my gosh, everything I'm eating is toxic and what am I going to eat anymore? And coming back to the basics and the top ingredients to avoid right here, I think it's good as you're playing detective with packaged foods, just like keeping an eye out for some of these things and making the best choice that you possibly can with it. And, you know, sometimes you can find things that have none of these and then that's when you can relax if you're just snacking on chips at a friend's house and you're like, okay, might have some canola oil in it, that's fine. But as you're shopping for yourself, it's just a good added list to be able to switch around. And guys, this really saves you money. <laughs> it helps you not buy as many snacks because like in reality, like we don't need it. We, we like snacking. We don't need to snack. <laughs> it's just more of something that just we want to do throughout the day. Then we snack more and then we have to snack even more after that. So yeah. <laughs> it helps you actually avoid not buying snacks. I rarely have snacks in my house anymore. It's actually a really good thing because I am a snacker and if it's sitting out, 
out, I will eat it. So it helps me, one, helps me like just eat my three meals a day and not go crazy. But two, just saves money. I'm not, I'm not rolling out of the grocery store with like all these packaged goods and I'm just sticking to more of the real foods now. So it's, it's really helpful in all areas. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. And also at first, a lot of this will feel really overwhelming, but then you'll find the brands that you know and you trust, and then you can relax into it more. And, um, it just becomes more like natural to you. And also you'll start to really be able to recognize pretty like immediately when a product is not going to be good for you. Like I showed the Twinkies earlier. Basically, anytime I pull something up and I see an ingredient list this long, I'm like, I'm not even going to bother. It. Like, reading I'm not it. even going to bother. It's like a quick no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I already know this is going to be bad, so like it saves you time and you you get used to it. Corn syrup is a really another really big one. We are seeing such a rise in non-alcoholic fatty liver disease right now, which is absolutely terrifying. Because if you look back about 50 years, it basically did not exist. The only time that we ever saw fatty liver disease was in alcoholics. And we're seeing a massive rise in non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And one of the drivers that experts believe is corn syrup. It is really high in fructose. Our body's preferred source of energy is glucose. And when we are overloading on fructose, the body doesn't know what to do with all of that. So corn syrup is a really big one that you want to make sure that you're avoiding. Refined sugar, again, it goes through such a refining process that by the end of it, it's really almost non-recognizable to the body and they bleach it and they do all these other processes to it. And again, I'll show you guys the sugars that are more approved and more in their natural state. A lot of this is really thinking about getting back to the basics of food being in its most natural state as possible. And I try to tell people too, like something that has always really helped me as a barometer of like what's good and what's bad. I like to look at the foods that stand the test of time. What are the foods that humans have been eating literally forever until we started processing everything? That's very basic stuff like produce, eggs, meat, butter, beef tallow, things like that. They stand the test of time because we've been eating them for a very, very long time. And what we're getting into trouble with is it's not necessarily the food, it's what has been done to the food. What's been sprayed on it? How has it been processed? What are the preservatives that have been added into it afterwards? So that's a really, for me, that's been my guiding place of, of what is considered to be real and good for you. TBHQ is another one that's a preservative that has a tricky past of being linked possibly to colon cancer, also just to stomach upset in general. And you find it in a lot of packaged foods like Pop-Tarts, Cheez-Its, stuff like that. Artificial flavors, and I would also say natural flavoring as well, you want to be careful about. Artificial flavoring, I think that kind of is obvious in of itself. Natural flavors are a little bit trickier because it's an umbrella term for so many different ingredients that you don't actually know what's in there. And I like to tell people there's always there's so much nuance in all of this. Just because a company is using natural flavors does not necessarily mean that it's bad. So I encourage people, if there's a product that you really love and you're like, oh man, they use all organic ingredients and this looks great, but it has natural flavors. I encourage people to email them and be like, hey, can you tell me what's in your natural flavors? Is it organic? Are you using X, Y, and Z? Because the problem that, that it, the, basically the problem is, is we just don't know what's in there. And so a lot of people are sounding the alarms in natural flavors because there are a lot of companies that are using really nasty ingredients. There's one that's approved as natural ingredients that comes from beaveriness. So there, it can Actually. be, <laughs> like this is a real thing. 
Yeah, so you just don't know. And so that's where people are sounding the alarm right now is they're like, what is in this? And people have emailed companies before and found out that it had gluten in it and uh, other allergies that they're not required to disclose. So if you have a food allergy, that could also be a concern. So it's just something to be on your radar. Food dyes, this one makes me so mad because one, we don't need them. There's no nutritional value to them. Why do we care what color our food is? It's all going to the same place, who cares? And not to mention food dyes are one of the ingredients that are banned in so many other countries, but for some reason we're not banning them here. They found in the UK that there's a direct link to hyperactivity in children. Where do you think the majority of the food dyes are? It's all in the kids' food. They're dyeing the yogurts and their pancake syrup and the cereals and all this stuff. And then we're wondering why kids are bouncing off the walls in school. So this is a really big one. And not to mention a lot of these foods that, or a lot of these ingredients are banned in various other countries, which means that our food is not legally allowed to be sold in other countries because they ban these ingredients. And what happens is I believe Kraft has since changed this because Bonnie Hari, the food babe, really put a lot of heat on them like years ago. But what she discovered was in the US, they were putting food dyes and other junk in the Kraft macaroni and cheese. And then they reformulated it for the UK. And in the UK, they were coloring it with turmeric and paprika. They were using real food ingredients. And what makes me so mad about that is that we know that they can do it, but they know that they can get away with the cheaper ones here because we don't ban them. So that's another thing to look out for. Preservatives, I feel like most people probably know about this, like TBHQ, for example, is a preservative. And there's another one called BHT. Just in general, I try to get people to think about it like this. You want your food to go bad. If your food is gonna be shelf stable for five years, unless if we're living under the ground and like we're being bombed or something, we don't want that. That is horrifying. You want your food to go bad. The only purpose that preservatives serve to a certain extent is so that companies can leave their foods on the shelf for as long as possible so that they can make more money. We have refrigerators for a reason. And again, you want to be going to the grocery store more. You want to be buying whole real foods that were once alive because you want we're, we're alive. We want to be eating live foods, not dead foods. So sodium nitrates is another one. There was a study that came out of France a couple years ago. Um, they found a direct link with nitrates, specifically um, in deli meats, to colon cancer. And so this is a really big one. Um, I tell people... You don't need to completely avoid deli meats or sausages and your charcuterie meats, but when you're buying them, make sure that you're buying the ones that say nitrate-free. So that's really important. Hydrogenated oils is another really big one. You're not gonna see these as much now because a couple of years ago we banned partially hydrogenated oils from the food because we found that the way that we're manipulating these oils creates trans fats and trans fats wreak havoc on the cardiovascular system. They are so bad for us, but you will still see fully hydrogenated oils in like Skippy peanut butter and some other like random ingredients. But for the most part, they've started really phasing them out. But I tell people even fully hydrogenated oils, I wouldn't mess with it. It's still an unnatural fat that um, I don't think that we were meant to be eating. And then artificial sweeteners. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, I've been going hard in the paint on these lately. Because <laughs> I feel very passionately about this. Because I knew my mom, my mom has always been very into health. And when I was a kid, my mom was like, do not touch those. Do not touch those. There are links to cancer. They're very concerning. And more recently, for some reason, in the last like month, they've come out with a study on sucralose, which is Splenda, and they found that um, Splenda is a genotoxin, meaning that it, it damages our DNA. 
And it's also being linked to IBS and other like gut issues. So if anyone's dealing with like leaky gut syndrome, that could be a really big trigger for it. And then aspartame is another one which is found in like Diet Coke and all the diet sodas. The World Health Organization is gearing up to call it a probable human carcinogen, meaning that there's probably a connection to cancer. And if you dig into the past of aspartame, there was a scientist who was researching it back in, I believe it was the 80s. He was trying to keep it from being approved for the food because he saw the link to cancer and to tumors in the 80s. But this is what happens. There's so much corruption and there's so much money in these big food corporations. And even now, this is driving me so nuts. I've been seeing all these talk shows and I've been seeing all these headlines. And these talk shows that are on these networks, their biggest funders, Coca-Cola, pharmaceutical companies, and then the talk show hosts go on and they say, oh, pff, you need to drink like 20 of those a day for it to be an issue. I'm sorry, but if there's any sort of link to cancer, I don't want to be putting that, that in my body at all. Because also, do you know how many times we've gotten things wrong? <laughs> you know how many times we've gotten like studies wrong and later, like 20 years later, we're like, oh God, we were wrong about that. So what if we're wrong about that? What if it is just one a day? Not to mention they found that it was bioaccumulative, meaning that it accumulates in the body over time. The body's not just flushing it out. So artificial sweeteners, really big no-no, and they're in everything like Celsius drinks, all the diet stuff. I have a joke that anytime if you pick up or you see a label that says like diet or light, and like, it just, it means chemical shit storm. Like put it back. <laughs> it's going to be a bunch of artificial sweeteners and dyes and bullshit. I think it's good to, to help ourselves just like snap out of sometimes the reality we get caught up in because it's like, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram. It's, we're so inundated with products all the time and seeing things in the grocery stores are more packed than ever. So we're so into this. And then the, com the companies that use the ingredients, these they have the most money to be able to dump into whatever marketing, which we're going to talk about now, whatever marketing they want to give you. And there's no regulation around marketing. Like we were saying earlier, they can use natural. They can even use clean. Like clean yeah. isn't even a regulated. Like what does clean mean? Like it means a little something different to everyone. So they can really put whatever they want. They can put different coloring on things. I, these are great slides, but because they can really shift anything they want. So it's important to just like snap out back to the basics. And then also like when we're looking at those ingredients, just be like, my body doesn't want those. Like that's not real food and just snapping out of it. Cause we can just get so caught up and especially like the fun trendy products that have oh, yeah. like the pretty coloring and everyone's talking about using them and they're just like cool to use or whatever they are. It really is just back to the basics. Yeah, exactly. All back the time. To the basics. And seeing how they can they can trick us, which is like it again, turn it into a game. It's all about like this like the theme of the day is like shifting the perspective on everything. And so yeah. it's just like, who's trying to trick me now? Like I'm way smarter than being susceptible to this marketing. Yeah. And again, what they talked about earlier, it's not don't let yourself go into this victim of like everything is messed up <laughs> and oh, I can't find anything healthy or whatever. There are so many companies and people that are really working hard to change this. And there are brands that are creating healthier for you products. And also the way that I see it, and I think this has really saved me a lot because I, I feel like I'll get messages from people all the time. And they're like, it's so doom and gloom. Like, how do you deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis? Because in my mind, I find all of this so incredibly empowering. So if you reframe this and you are empowered by knowing this information, because we forget knowledge is power. You know this and you can do better. And also I, I like to say this too. If, if there are things that you didn't know, and maybe there's a product that you're like, oh man, like you go home and you read the ingredient label and you're like, 
I've been consuming this and it's so bad for me. Don't go into that spiral of shame. It's okay. We are all doing the best that we can with the knowledge that we have at the time. And then once we learn better, we do better. And that's okay. We're all in different journeys of this. And we all have our like awakening moments, if you will. And that's okay. Like have kindness and compassion for yourself in the place that you're at in this part of the journey, because we all have to learn at some point and we all get there some way. Like I said, I was in college eating Taco Bell and <laughs> drinking diet Dr. Pepper. Like Who else was there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like we all have our place in our journey of when we figure this out and when we learn better, we do better and, and we can be really empowered by it. And I think... Part of me feels like with my personality, I was equipped for this role because there's this rebellious side of me that's like, yeah, F the system. Like <laughs> they're trying to make me sick and like watch me like not allow them to make me sick. So like reframe it because you really do have the power because this is one thing. There's a lot of things in life that we do not have control over. This is one thing that you 100% have control over. You can make better decisions for yourself. Like, so, what is this Coke? Like, I know. <laughs> I like, like, are the ingredients actually different at all? This Coke, or is it just a green label that has the word "life" on it, like in a farm? Like, I don't. I know it's so funny. Okay, so I don't know. I don't think they ever released this in the U.S. But I remember when I was traveling a lot in Europe, they were trying to make this a thing. It was like a stevia sweetened Coke. I don't even know if it still exists. <laughs> but this is a perfect example of what we call greenwashing. Look this photo they're like oh it's a coke and like a grass pasture like what but your brain it's like trying to trick your brain into thinking like oh green like this healthy is healthy soda. yeah and so again like that's why you always want to make sure you read the ingredient labels even even with the cascadian farm organics some of the stuff i think they make are pretty decent again they're depicting this like oh it comes from a farm and it's like okay at the end of the day it's still cereal that's been processed like it's not like you're not picking the cereal out of the ground like it's not so that would be another example of greenwashing and then the same with over here so this says i can't remember i think it was, says it's like free range on there so they're depicting these hens grazing on pastures and they're not pasture raised eggs so they're definitely in, crammed into a warehouse so again, Can you imagine if they had a picture of like caged in hens on the eggs. Like, what if that was? What if that was a law? I know. I what wish if because like technically, I, this is my personal opinion. I feel like that should be illegal because it's misleading marketing. And there's a lot of things that are against the law in in other areas that if it's misleading, like random example, business trademark law, like we can't have a similar name of a product to another brand because it could be misleading and someone could get mixed up between our brand and another brand. So like that's actually illegal to do that. You can take someone yeah. to court for misleading for a product name. So like I hear like just from a consumer standpoint, like I don't understand how that's not illegal to like mislead someone like I know, that. No, it's wild. But there's, as we've seen this entire conversation is that there is a lot of deception happening and unfortunately I think I like to think that it's not it's not all because like I, I don't think these companies are like actively trying to harm us but what I do think is that when we started processing our food and putting all these ingredients in our food at the time it was done with good intention we were preserving because we were it started in like i think it was world war ii where we were trying to preserve our food and we wanted to make sure that no one was in famine and it all started with good intention but now that we know better it's like the ship has been so it's like so far out in the sea we can't turn it around without people like really demanding something better for our food because now we know but they make so much money at this point. They're basically like just banking on people being in the dark and being super confused. 
so that they continue to buy their products and these companies make money. So I don't think it's super nefarious, but I do think that like now that we know the impact that it's having, nine out of the 10 leading causes of death in this country can be prevented by diet and lifestyle. Nine out of 10, that's crazy. And then you look at all this crap that we're being fed and then so many people trying to make better decisions for their health and just not knowing all of this. So, that's why it's incredibly important to have this knowledge. Okay, so now is to the more <laughs> happy and light part. <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs> so I just figured I would show you guys some of my favorite brands and also talk about... So these are my favorite things to cook with. I forgot. I wish I'd added beef tallow on there. Beef tallow is amazing. And I find it like the farmer's market. There's also some places that are selling it at certain grocery stores now. One thing I do want to note, and this is happening in both olive oil and avocado oil, you want to make sure that you're buying from a good brand that's sourcing 100% avocado oil and avo or olive oil because they're cutting them now with like soybean oil, canola oil. And this is a real thing. It sounds like a conspiracy and it's so crazy that it's even legal. I remember 60 Minutes did a thing on this and they were calling it the olive oil mafia. Like this was like 10 years ago which is crazy. So you just, again, this is one of those things, like I said earlier, you find your brand that you know and you love and you trust and you just keep buying it. So like initially it'll feel like a big uphill battle, but you find the brand. I like brag and I know that they're 100% extra virgin olive oil and they don't cut it with things. And then same with Chosen. So there was a study that just came out and they third party tested all the different avocado, or not all of them, but a majority of avocado oils on the market. Chosen, and there was one other one that I can't remember the brand right now. They were the only two that came back as 100% all avocado oil, the rest of them were being cut with other seed oils. Again, another way that these companies cu uh, cut costs. I love that you said this yesterday. We also have to think about it like this. A lot of, of these companies are trying their best. The, the margin between their costs versus like how they're how much they're selling it for is so thin, especially now with inflation. I don't think a lot of these companies are, are I don't think any of them are actively like, oh, we want to make people sick but they're trying to cut costs where they can. And so unfortunately cutting costs means cutting your olive oil, your avocado oil with canola oil. And so there's things that we just need to be aware of that that's happening. And then again, put your money and your resources into the brands that are doing right by us, like Chosen, for example. In the business, so the business of food, what Courtney was saying, and I think this is so powerful to pe for people to understand. And again, back to these smaller brands that are really trying to do better. Let's just say, for example, like the avocado brand, let's say that it costs them all in like $6 to make that uh, a container of the avocado oil. That's the packaging. Those things are heavy too. That's all the shipping. That's paying all their employees. That's all their machinery. That's sourcing the avocados. Let's just say it's 6 or $7 all in and they're doing the best they can at that. Well, then they're selling to the grocery store and the grocery store wants 50% of that. So they, it costs $7 for them to make. They're essentially charging, let's say, let's say they're, they're charging, let's double that. So let's say they're charging $14 for that in the grocery store. Well, the grocery store wants to buy it for $7. It costed them $7 to make it. So these brands are losing money by selling in retail. A lot of these, a lot of brands don't make money for the first five to seven years. They are, that's why they have to go fundraise money and then they're burning through capital because they're trying to do better. And so like 
we talked a little bit yesterday about how we can support these brands that are trying to do better because a lot of them don't want to switch to the negative ingredients. They really, really don't want to, but it comes down to are they going to lose their company or are they going to switch? And some people might say, well, if you're, you might as well just let go of your company if you're going to switch the horrible ingredients. But they have families on their payroll. They have a family to take care of. They have employees. There's empl- Their employees have families. They don't want their employees to go broke. Like these these people care. And so a lot of them are making these cuts and switches because they don't have enough money. So the way we can support these different brands is one, sharing about them. Whether you're in the grocery store, whether you buy it in the grocery store or not, if you're sharing any of that content, recommending it to brands, bringing it over friends and family house, like when you're when you're having different cookouts and different just dinners together. Uh, you can also buy off their website because they make more money that way than buying it in the store. So for instance, Chosen Foods, I know you can like buy in bulk on their website and a lot of them have high minimum orders and that's because it's so expensive for them to ship food products, but they'll make more money if you buy it from their website versus the retail where they lose over half their profit. So there's a lot of ways that we can just support these brands that are really, really trying to change the way we eat and make it better. I want to take a second to talk about some of my favorite Organifi products and why I love them. When I first started getting into health, I was an avid juicer. I was buying fresh veggies every couple days and wearing out my juicer and also wearing out myself by trying to constantly juice vegetable juices because I wanted to flood my body with all of the nutrients, the phytonutrients that you get from green juices. But after a while, I was like, I cannot keep doing this every day and also maintain my job, maintain my social life and everything else. But I really wanted to make sure that I had a good high quality green juice that was organic and I knew that I could trust came from a good source. So when I discovered Organifi, I was so happy. They not only have a green juice, but they also have a red juice. And I really like to mix them together because it really helps with the flavor profile. And you're not only getting all of the green phytonutrients from the green juice, but you're also getting all the antioxidants from the red juice. So it's like a win-win situation. I also really love their chocolate gold. It's their low sugar hot chocolate mix. And it's loaded with ingredients like lemon balm, turkey tail, magnesium chloride, and reishi. Oh, there's also turmeric in there as well. So it really helps to calm down your nervous system before bed and it really makes me sleepy. It also helps with digestion because you have the turmeric in there, you have cinnamon, you have ginger, black pepper. So it's helping with digestion and inflammation. I'm a really big fan of this. You can also put it in your coffee in the morning and it helps to balance out the jitters that you might get from your morning coffee. And then another product that I'm really loving and taking every single day is their liver reset. Modern living is incredibly taxing on our liver. Like just existing is hard on our liver because we are constantly being inundated with pesticides, heavy metals, environmental toxins, not to mention if we drink alcohol, that's also going to put a strain on our liver. So I think it's incredibly important that we take something every single day to support our liver health. This product has triphala in it. It also has dandelion, milk thistle, and artichoke choke extract, which all have been scientifically backed and proven to provide protection for the liver. And then of course, the most important part about Organifi products is that they are all organic and they go a step further by guaranteeing that they are glyphosate residue free. Glyphosate is a known herbicide that is sprayed on a lot of our crops these days. It's also sneaking into organic foods and it is a known carcinogen. So it's incredibly important to make sure that we limit our exposure as much as possible to glyphosate. If you guys want to try any of the Organifi products and get 20% off, go to Organifi.com slash Real Foodology. You're going to see all of my favorite products in that store and you're also going to get 20% off. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Real Foodology.
I'm a huge fan of butter. And this again goes back to what foods stand the test of time. We've been eating butter for so long. And what happens when we vilify these foods and then we replace them? This is a really famous example when everyone was told to eat margarine instead of butter. And then it led to a crazy amount of heart attacks because margarine is terrible for your heart. I can't believe when we had that like all growing up. I know. <laughs> That's all we had in the fridge was margarine growing up. And now like, I forget what, how old I, I was. Yeah, like, oh my gosh. I would spray that on toast all the time. I can't remember how old I was when I was like, two years old, I actually learned the ingredients that were in yeah. it. I was like, I can't believe. But that was like the thing. It was so bad to eat butter for so long. I know, it's crazy. But it's the best. It's like all I cook in is like butter and avocado oil. Oh, me too. Yeah. I love butter. It's Except so it tastes good. better too. Healthy fats. We love it. Yes, exactly. And, and again, to the labels, if you can find pasture-raised, it means that it's coming from the cows that were pasture-raised and organic, so they're not being fed the organic feed or sorry, the, the GMO feed is incredibly important. So again, I've said this a couple times, but I think it's really important to repeat this because I know sometimes people can get really overwhelmed and they think like, oh my God, so wait, what are all the rules? Just coming back to the very, very, very basics of I, anytime there's like a new like trend, for example, like let's say like plant-based burgers, I immediately was like, okay, let's take a step back here. We've been eating beef forever. And the same thing with the margarine. So we're always going to have those new trends of like, oh, this new thing, it's healthier and better for you. They just, the USDA just approved lab-grown chicken like a couple weeks ago. It's like the new thing. So like plant-based <sighs> meat was like the new thing. And then now we all know what's in plant-based meat. I think like yeah. we all get that now. Not gross. <laughs> it's literally dog food is healthier. It actually does. You like look at the ingredients of dog food and then like look at the ingredients of plant-based meats. It's like, true. it's quite frightening. It's yeah. healthier. But yeah, the new thing is lab grown. That's like the new plant-based meat. It's like, quote, real meat, but it's not real meat. It's yeah. like that's good. You're going to see that as the next wave of, of And what's trends. so terrifying about that that I don't think a lot of people fully understand, it takes about 17 years for the data to catch up. So what we know right now, we basically have been accumulating data for the last like 17 years. And it doesn't even become like public common knowledge for like 20 years. So you think about things like that, like lab-grown meat, and any anyone that tells you like, oh, we know for a fact this is healthy for you and there's gonna be no detrimental health effects, literally no one knows that. You can't predict the future. We are not gonna see the health effects of certain things like that for at least 20 years. So it's something to think about when you're trying to make decisions and maybe are a little bit confused, like, oh, I just saw this new thing. Take a step back and think about it from that standpoint of like, what are the foods that have been standing the test of time? I love salt. Salt <laughs> has been very vilified. <laughs> we love salt. <laughs> the majority of sodium that people are getting in their diets are from fast food, eating out, processed packaged foods. So if chances are, if you are cooking the majority of your meals at home, you actually probably don't eat enough salt, which we don't hear about enough. And we forget that salt is a really important electrolyte. It's incredibly important. Sodium is incredibly important for the balance of our electrolytes in our body, like the potassium and magnesium. It all plays a role. And so if you are not consuming enough salt, it can have a detrimental effect on you. These are my favorite ones. I love the, again, it goes back to least processed as possible. I love real salt. That, that one's my absolute favorite. And then Celtic sea salt is another Another great one. And then sweeteners. So <laughs> 
She, Emily had an amazing conversation yesterday about Stevie and monk fruit that you guys will hear about later. So maybe changing my stance a little bit on that. And so it's very interesting to hear her perspective on it. Generally speaking, I really like monk fruit. I don't use it that often. I put a little bit of my coffee. I always tell people if you are going to consume monk fruit or stevia, Again, read the label on the back. You want to make sure that it's in its most purest form because they're cutting it with a lot of things. Like monk fruit gets cut with erythritol a lot, which is a sugar alcohol. Stevia gets cut with dextrose a lot, which is a, a corn sweetener. And so you want to make sure that if you are consuming those sweeteners, that they come from the real whole source. So like stevia, for example, is a plant. So if you get 100%, 100% stevia, I'm okay with it. And then Emily will build more on that later. <laughs> this is why I love everyone has such different views and opinions because yeah. our goal is to not shift you guys in one direction. It's just to give you the information and then you guys can you get to make your, decision. get your own decisions, your yeah. own body. No, I mean, you, what you said yesterday really changed <laughs> my mind about it too. So honey is another amazing one. Again, we have been consuming honey forever. It stands the test of time. One thing that is important that someone actually pointed out yesterday is that a lot of honey is being cut with like corn syrup, cane sugar. So you wanna make sure that you're getting a really good raw honey. I love Manuka honey, it's amazing. It's very expensive though. So I think the meat in the halfway middle is Beekeepers Naturals. I know the founder of this company personally. She's a really dear friend, she's amazing. The lengths that she goes to create a high quality honey is insane. She only, I thought this was so cool. She, I had an episode with her on my podcast and I'd never thought about this before, but you think about when bees go and pollinate, you can't cage them, right? They're going to fly where they're going to fly. So where all of her bees live, she has made sure that it, it's so far north in Canada that they're, none of them can even touch anything that's been sprayed with pesticides because her the, the scope of where they fly between the hive and the expansiveness that they have to fly, there's she basically can guarantee that they're not pollinating on anything that's not organic, which is amazing. Because another thing we have to worry about is glyphosate in honey, because if they're pollinating on plants that have been sprayed really heavily with pesticides like glyphosate, not to mention, I always, I always mess up this word. So if anyone knows how to pronounce it, the neonicotides, I believe is what it's called. Anyone know? Okay. Anyone know? Okay, so don't fully quote me on that. I believe that's how you pronounce it. This one specifically has been linked to bee die-off, which is a really big concern as well, because without our bees, we will not have like 80% of our produce. We need our bees for our food. And so again, once again, by supporting organic foods, we are also supporting the lives of bees because these really heavy toxic chemicals are actually killing off the bees right now. And then other ones that I really like are coconut sugar and maple syrup. The reason I say use more sparingly is only because in general, we, we just want to be mindful of how much sugar we're consuming on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's not necessarily to vilify these particular sweeteners, but it's still to remember that even if you still see whatever it is in packaged as maple syrup, if that thing has like 30 grams of sugar in there, that's a lot of sugar. Or for example, like 40 grams of sugar, so divided by four, that's 10 packets of sugar in that. And we're finding sugar in everything now. It's in salad dressings, it's in sauces, it's in soups, it's in our nut milks, it's in our peanut butter. So my favorite little trick around this is I save my sugar for things that count, like these Toto cookies. I'm like, yeah. I would definitely be having They're one of those. So good. I save my sugar for the Toto cookies all the time. Yes. <laughs> like where you can actually enjoy it, the things that you love. Again, it's not about, we, we want to live and love our life and be enjoying the foods that we're eating. But if you buy the salad dressing without the sugar, I promise you're not going to notice it. <laughs> so save it for where it counts. And then these are my favorite salad dressings because I have gone 
I can't tell you guys how many hours I've spent in the grocery store trying to find salad dressings that don't have canola oil, soybean oil, sunflower oil. These are the only three that I've found on like a, a national level. So Primal Kitchen uses avocado oil. Side Dish is from the Defined Dish. This is a newer line she just released. I love them. They taste so good and they're made with olive oil. And then Noble Made is another amazing uh, brand. They do a whole line of like marinades and sauces and they all also use avocado oil. My kitchen is stocked with Noble Made. They it's make a so barbecue good. sauce, like anything and Buffalo everything. Sauce. The best sauces so and dressings. Good. Yeah, so those are my favorites. So these are, my hope was to vet some of these brands for you guys. So it takes a little bit of load off of you of like what, what you want to swap out. Oh, and then these are some sauces that I found that I really like. Primal Kitchen, Rouse is amazing. Noble Made and Yai's Thai. These are brands that prioritize whole real food ingredients and they don't use all the added fillers and preservatives and all the other crap in there. And then, oh, these are accounts that I really like to follow for inspo for cooking. A lot of what I talked about today was prioritizing eating more at home, eating more whole real foods. And I know a really big struggle for a lot of people, sometimes myself included, is literally just finding the inspiration for meals to cook. And what I like about these accounts is the majority of the recipes that I find, they're really easy. You're not going to be like Martha Stewarting in the kitchen for two hours, like making everything from scratch. They make it really easy. They prioritize whole real foods. And everything that I've made from all these accounts are really amazing. So I just wanted to give you guys kind of some inspo for cooking and where you can find good recipes. And I think that's it. Yeah. Amazing. So if anyone has any questions. Does anyone have any questions? I saw recently going around on Instagram a bunch of things about like butter wrappers, like Kerrygold having PFAS and like the wrappers. Oh, I know. Like, what's your thought on that? Do you think it's something to be concerned about? Or do you think it's just... I, I do. Know. I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. I'm human like everyone else. <laughs> Big shocker. I know. But like <laughs> people come to me all the time. They're like, oh my God, we found the PFAS in this and we found that. And like, there's just... The way I see it is like, yes, it is a really big concern. And once we know that, like, okay, stop buying it. But also like the majority of those wrappers, I think probably every single one of them have it. Yeah. And so it's one of those things, again, where you really need to prioritize the things not only that are important to you, but that are also accessible and that you're able to do. Because at a certain point, like you're going to drive yourself absolutely insane. Like you're going to go to the grocery store with like a booklet basically being like, okay, I can't get this butter and I can't like because of the wrapper and everything. So the way that I view it is like I'm doing the best I can and I'm trying to buy all the brands that I know that are making healthier for you products. And then the rest of it, I'm just like, you know what? Like I, there's only so much we can do. And, and something too that's really helpful is that a lot of this conversation is about minimizing your exposure and then knowing that just living in modern times, we are gonna be exposed to things like PFAs, which are forever chemicals. If people don't know what that is, it's it's basically a chemical that's found in like nonstick stuff. So like Teflon, nonstick cookware. It's also found in anything that's waterproof, like a waterproof jacket. They're finding it in workout clothes like Lululemon because it's in a like certain material. And they're called forever chemicals because they don't break down readily in the environment. <laughs> so they're around yeah. for a long time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we're seeing health effects in our bodies. They're hormone disruptors, can lead to cancer, thyroid issues. Like they, they are a big deal. So I'm not trying to minimize it, but just knowing that we're doing the best that we can. And I think the majority of the wrappers probably have PFAs in them. So a way around it is maybe going to the farmer's market and directly getting your butter from your farmer if you can, if that's accessible. 
And then knowing that there's, there's other things you can do. Get lymphatic drainage massages if you can afford it. Sweat, work out, literally just work out every day so that you're prioritizing, you're supporting your body's detoxification pathways as much as possible to get everything out because our bodies are also resilient. It's just the problem is we're getting exposed to so many things all the time that we need to also make sure that we're getting them out. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Bless you. <laughs> Anyone else have any questions? Yes. What are your thoughts on, I think it's like gargums and some of the different ones, like even the oh, yeah, Laird Superfood Creamer. I know I buy that. We had it in the kitchen. I've heard different, there's so many different words too on what those are. What are your thoughts on some of those? Yeah, I, I'm mixed on them to be perfectly honest. So when I was in school, I went, I went to school for nutrition. We learned about like, so guar gum, for example, comes from, I forgot what it is exactly, like guar, it's from a tree. And what we found, at least in school, what I read is that it's in small amounts, it's not so bad for us. The main problem is that we're seeing them in so many things that, again, the accumulation, a lot of this too is like consistency and what you're being exposed to on a day-to-day basis and how much of it you're consuming. Generally speaking, when you're buying a processed food, it's going to probably have a gum or something in there. I think it's a really problematic one if someone has really is actively dealing with like IBS, Crohn's or something like that. Or if you notice that they affect you. Like I have a girlfriend who's like, anytime I have a bite of it, I know immediately I feel the effects. They really bother me. I don't think that I wouldn't go as far as saying they're healthy for you. But if it's like a little bit in your nut milk and that's all you're having every once in a while, I'm not super worried about them. I think it's more about like if it's in everything that you're consuming and it's bioaccumulating. Questions? Okay, I have a question before we wrap up. So I know we've both gone through periods of time where our life, in our life where we came, became hyper fixated on being so healthy and not having any talks, any gums, any you name it. And at least for me, I was very inflamed during that time and I was more anxious during that time. And I feel like I just wasn't living life as much because I was so hyper fixated. I didn't want to eat out at restaurants. And now I snack, I eat out at restaurants. I'm like the 80-20 rule and I've never felt better. When did that shift happen for you? Like what took, because it it took me a while. It wasn't just like I woke up one day and I was relaxed about it. How did that shift happen for you from being hyper fixated on having nothing that wasn't real food in your diet to living life a little bit more and being more relaxed and okay when those things come in? Yeah. So when I went back to school for nutrition was when I was really starting to learn all this because I was learning in school. And then I also started finding the works of like Dr. Mark Hyman and Bonnie Hari and Michael Pollan. And I felt like I was getting all this information at once. And I was so hyper fixated on eating out. Like you said, I was to the point then where like if friends invited me out to dinner, I would eat dinner before because I wanted to make sure that it was organic. It didn't have any added things in it and there weren't seed oils and, and all this stuff. And I was so hyper fixated on that. And then I would show up late and just hang out with my friends. But I had this like, to be honest, I don't even know when it happened. Or I know the time period happened, but I don't really know why it happened. I think I just realized I woke up one day and I was like, this is not a way to live. Actually, no, you know what? No, I do remember kind of a turning point. In one of my classes that I took, there was a class focused around the mind-body connection and how 
One community is so incredibly important for us and also really, really healthy. And there have been studies that have been done that people eating in community can eat like crappy foods. For example, like if you go to McDonald's and but you're like laughing and you're having an amazing time and you're really just feeling like you're in community and connection with your friends or your family, whoever it is, that food has a different effect on your body than if you were to eat alone. And I remember reading that. It, there was a, a study, there have been a lot of studies that have been done about that. And that's when I really started to shift where I was like, wait, I'm sitting at home alone, eating this sad meal while my friends are like out <laughs> eating. And I'm missing that opportunity to connect with my friends or connect with my family or whatever it is. And that's when I really had an aha moment and had to sit with myself and be like, okay, this is also not healthy because it was creating a lot of stress for myself because I remember going out being like, Oh my God, are these, are these chips in canola oil? I'm like just stressing so much about it that I wasn't enjoying my surroundings and enjoying my time with my friends. And life is really, really, really short, you guys. And it goes by really fast. And what do we have if we don't have connections with our family and our friends? That's a really, really important part of it. And so you need to find your own balance and what you feel good about. And for me, that balance looks like wherever I can control it and I have the decisions, like if I'm eating out and I'm in control of where I'm going to eat, if I'm planning the dinner, I like to plan places that I know are cooking with better oils and they're using grass-fed meats. But if someone invites me to dinner or my boyfriend wants to go to a new restaurant or whatever, I'm like, let's go. That sounds great. And you just, you control the things that you can, like the things that you're buying in your home and when you have the control and otherwise just live your life, live your life and enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked the episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie. Georgie is spelled with a J. For more amazing podcasts produced by my team, go to resonantmediagroup.com. I love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first. Do you suffer from IBS or other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of the Real Foodology podcast comes the all-new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugardi. You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book. Now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates and delivers you information that is, well, easy to digest. Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skincare, household cleaning, you name it, and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts. Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.